heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, the 21st of September. A very good morning to everybody talking to us across Rural Queensland Today. Through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. So much to get through this morning and obviously... We are really on board with what's going on. Georgie Somerset, it was announced yesterday she retained the presidency over Will Wilson. We will hear from her shortly. We'll also catch up with Travis Burns. He was the former rugby league NRL star who is now captain coach of the Alarar Water Warriors. Cyril Close, and then we'll have a bit of an update on what's going on with the bull market as well. Yarrawonga today, remember. Uh, and obviously more sales coming online. Big, big, big show for you. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin. Good morning. Georgie Somerset up next. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. We'll start the show, obviously, with the news that was sent through through the newsletter and obviously uh, is uh, well received um, that Georgie Somerset retained uh, the presidency ship for Ag Force General um, with an election win uh, and it was obviously... They was contested with Will Wilson and Georgie obviously now in her third term, uh, a big winner from Durong. Uh, she is now going to continue on representing Ag Forces, 6,500 members. Uh, Georgie, congratulations. Um, obviously, there's always got to be a winner and a loser as such. I don't see it like that and I'm sure you don't. Will Wilson obviously doing great work on the cattle board president, put his hat into the ring. Um, obviously, we've had now a time for people to vote and in, a, in a democratic system and you have come through for your third term. You must be really excited. Oh, look, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and you're right that it's disappointing not to have Will around the table because he's contributed really strongly these last four years and then four years before at the cattle board. But I really appreciated um, Will's perspective and insight on on my board, you know, forward. Um, but look, I am looking forward to con- continuing the work I've been doing and maintaining the men- momentum. You can only do three terms in Ag Force, so this will be my final term. Um, but it's a real privilege. I mean, voice in agriculture at the moment, and we certainly in the last couple of years have got ourselves back around a few tables that I'm, I'm really excited about the impact we might be able to have in the next couple of years. I think we've grown the respect. Um, there's never, never been a more important time than to consider agriculture with a whole lot of things, but we have got this climate-conscious community that's putting pressure on us. And we have to hold our line and we have to talk about what we're doing. Just some other you know, housekeeping. Peter Hall uh, stepped in uh, now as the cattle board president. Grain's president will be Brendan Taylor. He'll continue his role. And and obviously uh, they're two really uh, great people to have involved. I understand the battles that you guys have. Are we getting? Are we catering in some ways? And, and I've spoken to you about this many times. Maybe too much to that that green movement that we're, we're ba- not bowing down. That's the wrong word. But I understand it's concerning and they're a threat. But are, are we trying to focus to try and appease them in some ways? No, I don't think so. But I don't think you can shy away from the reality that um, you know the Australian, the international accounting standards and the Australian accounting standards are now asking companies to report on the sustainability. This is not some sort of just green pressure. This is actually a financial reality um, that companies need to consider their ESG. And they're actually, you know, there's, I'm seeing some things come through now that are this. We need to have 
robust frameworks that actually tell agriculture's story. Um, and look, just going back to the housekeeping, we've also got Stephen Tully coming on as the um, Sheep and Wool Board Chair, so I'm looking forward to Stephen being there, and Russell Hall taking over from Ricky Mayo with Kane. So we have got some uh, refreshment on the board, which I'm looking forward to. Um, but I, I think the other thing is that we are producers. All of Everyone on the board, apart from our, even our independent, is a producer. We, we are grounded in agriculture, so we are going to hold the member line. I mean, we are a member organisation and we have to represent members, but we also function in a, a world where we want to be able to trade internationally and, um, you know, they're, they're the things, they're the pressures that we have to consider and actually be trying to look over the horizon to make sure that our members have still got markets and, and are actually part of that economy. Yeah, I've spoken to you this, and 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 Mike Gearin, um, the CEO, he flagged this, and I'm sure you're concerned in some ways about this. Do you feel there's 6,500 members at AgForce, and Mike was saying to me uh, only last week that the concern is that you know there's only 30 or 40 percent that are actually engaged, and and that and that was reflective of the vote. And you can only in the democratic system that's the only way it can work, you know, and, and I understand that completely. Are you worried that, you know, your membership is a little bit disengaged at the moment at AgForce, that you've only got that 30 40% who actually voted, who, and, and I mean, in an $80 billion agricultural industry, is that a concern? Look, I think the reality is that people join AgForce, and I know in our business we say we join AgForce and we, we will always maintain membership of our industry body, um, and, and we did this sort of, you know, more than 20 years ago when we were doing a, a SWOT analysis and, and future planning. Because our industry body looks after the things that we can't be doing. We, we can't be considering all the pieces of legislation, making submissions and all those sorts of things. There are some people who manage to juggle both of those. They're running their properties and they also are fantastic at making submissions and being involved. Um, the reason that, that we're doing that is so that members can get on with their work. I'm, I'm not um, concerned about the percent because I also think that when people are busy doing what they're doing, they've got a labour shortage at the moment, and they trust their organisation to get on with it, um, they're not making sure they read everything that comes through because they've actually got a level of comfort that their, con- their concerns are being looked after. And that's what I see as a huge responsibility is that we can't afford to miss anything because our members are trusting that we will be on top of everything that's coming at them. And that's, that's what our job is. And and part of what we try and do is, is let them get on with what they're doing on their properties. Um, and... And it kind of sounds a bit strange, but I always think that. Well, um, I, I got to pull you up. I, 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 I can't get. I, I, I can't see how that's right. I mean, th- there's a seventy billion dollar agricultural industry. If they are running a business and they are involved in a business that is worth seventy billion dollars, and they haven't got time to look at that, I think that is absolutely ridiculous. So you, you know, I think it's a reality for a lot of people. Though they're getting they're getting a lot of information, a lot of emails, and we even we we. We have changed to sort of trying to distill it all into one email a week because when we did a survey a couple of years ago, it was please don't email us multiple times a week. We cannot sure, keep up with the sure, emails. Sure, sure. So they want one email a week. I look. I you can it, understand thirty percent. Thirty percent voted um, yeah. in the election, which I say to myself. Oh, that, that and I, I have no dramas with that. I think that it's the only way you can do it. I think it's so fair. But I, but it, the, the highlights to me that we've got seventy percent of people who didn't give it the time and involved in a seventy billion dollar industry hmm. that that aren't involved like that that and that to me would suggest that there is a, a percentage that are disengaged. 
So, I mean, my, well, my thing is, are they disengaged or they just trust us to get on with it? And that, that's yeah, probably what that's I'm fair. saying is, um, you know, the, the fact that last year, um, and I haven't looked at the stats this year, but last year 30% of our members renewed, 30% more renewed within 30 days. You know, to me, that is your, your net promoter score, that people are renewing their membership quicker than they did the year before. If they're renewing their membership and we're growing our membership, which we have been year on year, um, then that to me is a, a more a greater measure of participation and engagement around do they value the organisation. Um, but I think that they then once they value the organisation, they trust the organisation to get on with it, and that's the greater responsibility for me because people don't always let you know what they're thinking. You have to actually go out there and find out. You have to get people involved in policy committees. You have to engage and turn up. And there's a degree that they're just trusting us to get on with with what they what we think needs to be done. Georgie Somerset, we'll take a break, come back with more. She is the president of AgForce. Uh, we'll come back. This is Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Georgie Somerset, our guest this morning. Can I talk about the, the environmental bill and the confidentiality? And I've spoken to you about it and spoken to a lot yep. of people about this. But if there wasn't a concern, why was it? And I understand that at least we got invited. I, I, I think that. But if yep. there wasn't a concern about it, why does it have to be confidential? Oh, look, I think there's a lot of things we do that people probably don't realise how much we deal with every day that's confidential and that's how yeah, we get the, around but, the table. But, but this is no. the only way you guys are invited and this is a, this is an environmental bill that will could potentially, potentially ruin, not ruin, that's extreme, but have impact, massive impact on on a industry that we're all involved in. Why couldn't they be dra- transparent with the discussions? So the transparency piece is when it comes out to the public. But I think with most things, and you would find the same thing in your business. Sure. There are times when you sit around the table with people that you have grown to trust and you shoot the breeze. And not everything that you shoot the breeze on makes it out, makes it into the final, you know, agreement or contract or plan. And so we've been invited in at the shoot the breeze stage. We haven't had that for some time. We used to have that quite quite a lot of the time. And we've, it was just known that those those periods is when you're shooting the breeze and they stay inside that room. It's a bit like having a board meeting. There's a lot of times we shoot the breeze around a whole lot of things, but we come to a final decision and that's what comes out of the boardroom, um, not just with AgForce, but other organisations too. The same thing. We're shooting the breeze about a whole lot of things, but we're actually getting a chance to, to put our things in there and to give feedback on what other people are shooting the breeze about. So I think that's the difference at the moment. And you know, need to, to keep in mind, that what what we ended up with with things like the reef regulation, we yep. didn't get a chance to shoot the breeze, 100%. and we've got some really perverse outcomes. And now we're trying to uh, reverse some of those things, and they're in regulations, and it's constraining what people can do, and we'll constrain them into the future. So, if, if we get to shoot the breeze, knowing that there will be an opportunity for everybody to consider this, um, I, w- I would hope that people welcome the fact that we're in there. People that they know who've got to know, you know, who are farmers. Um, our Natural Resources Committee has been part of this and they've been able, allowed to be part of the conversation. It's not just one person. Um, that that they trust those people and this is the trust piece. You can't go out and ask 6,500 people to shoot the breeze. Yeah, um, so I, I get, get that. No, no, I understand that. I, but I, you know, and I understand an off-the-record conversation that you're having but and, and, I, and I get that and, and I really do. I really do. And, and, but... It, it, it just is that this government has no, never earned the agricultural industry's trust in, in seven years, eight years. And this is at, the first time at, at, in, in many. So 
Look, I've worked with multiple Labor governments. I've been hanging around the space since the mid-90s at a, at a federal and a state level. And in, the, in recent times, um, the Queensland government has not allowed us enough to, to shoot the breeze with us. Yep. So this has been a real shift in the last couple of years, and this is the trust that I say we're trying to establish that um, that they trust us enough to shoot the breeze with us. So let's work with that and see if we can't get a um, a more productive outcome than staying outside the room and letting them make the decisions and then come out and tell us what they've come up with. Yeah, well said. Uh, big issues to to in the next twelve months. Obviously, there is a lot going on. What what are your big challenges that that you need to now that this has been done and you're obviously back in for three years. What What's the first port of call? Oh, look, it's continuing what we're doing, and it, it, it's actually only two years. Don't give me too much work. Um, look, the biosecurity thing is, is still very, very front of mind, and the commodity boards, the Agfors cattle and Agfors sheep and wool are taking the lead on that. The environmental piece is really important. You know, I'm heading I, – I sit on the Trade Committee with the National Farmers Federation. There is significant pressure on us around um, the environmental pieces in an international perspective. And and I've had other board meetings in the last two weeks where um, the, the auditors are saying, how are you going to um, talk about your sustainability? And this is this is an Australian not-for-profit. How are you going to explain your, your sustainability? Because the, the indications we're getting is you have to have that in your annual reports next year. Th- this is the sort of pressure, and the same with the trade conversation. In the trade conversation, International country, you know, other countries that want to trade with us are now saying, "Where are your environmental credentials?" This is this is very real, and it's now part of the trade negotiations. So, it's absolutely critical that we keep momentum on that. There's some pieces around training that we're working on at the moment that that I really want to see happen because I want to see how we can get um, other people into working in agriculture. So the pathways and those those links from young people, but also mature age people who want to get micro-credentialed and we can be assured that they're actually able to come and work on our properties because the labour thing is not going to go away. We've, we've got this real labour shortage. Um, so they're, they're sort of three big things straight yep. up front. But it is about um, you know maintaining momentum on a whole range of things and you never know. In ag course, you never know what's going to be around the corner. Uh, there's a lot of things moving at a very fast pace federally um, that, that we're trying to have impact in as well because I think, from a labour perspective, that's where we've got some um, we've got some headwinds around employment and employment conditions. Yeah, well, uh, they are big challenges. Um, congratulations! Obviously, a bit of rain at Durong at the moment. Yeah, just started just started showering again. It's uh, it's very damp and very green, and it's uh, a great season to be growing cattle. I'm not trying to get a crop in or off. Yeah, it's uh, difficult when our thoughts are feeling. We might try and talk with Brendan Taylor in the next couple of days because this is starting to become a real issue for everybody. Georgie, appreciate your time. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Ben. Good on you. We'll take a break. Come back with more Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. 14th of October is a pretty important day. Glenlee Beef and the Fairfield Charolais will be holding at Roma Sayards their annual bull sale. Now, um, in conjunction, and obviously this is a huge, huge sale, and there'll be 40 bulls, 88 bulls on offer, um, including Fairfield Charolais. But for Glenlee Beef, all their bulls um, are the leader. They're summer-born bulls, 20-month-old and all polled. Bulls will be sire verified, extensive data available, including EBVs, carcass scans with all semen tested and health treatments completed. A really, really very, very good uh, sale. Glenlee Beef, Roderick Brinney, and we might try and get him at some 
some stage. Roseville Sanders, um, it was big for them yesterday. Roseville Sanders, uh, David and Sonia Green up from Roseville, uh, Jendawi, they were selling yesterday. The sun was shining as their family bulls topped at 58,000 to average 22. 139 bulls offered. Santa bulls, all three heifers were purchased and 50 straws of semen at the 66th annual Roseville Santa Catruda sale at Jendawi. Females topped at 23 to average 17, top price bull 58, and the second top was 55. What a day. What a day for them. Hey, let me just tell you this, Rosewell Sands, 139 offered were sold to average 22,295 head, dollars a head. Unbelievable. What a great result uh, for everybody there. Uh, Bimbadine uh, Brangus. Obviously, um, huge. Uh, Amanda and Mark Salisbury could not put what the smile up the face. That was near Idesvale as well. The new on property top price of thirty-two thousand. They averaged. They set a new record for their average bulls, ten thousand five hundred ninety-eight. That was up a thousand dollars on last year, and uh, that is a great result for them. Uh, that's a huge result. So they've averaged close on. Um, last year was nine thousand two hundred twelve. This year. Uh, they had a new record of 10,598. So they've had a fantastic result as well. Uh, and, you know, um, that, that's, that's quite unbelievable. When you want to talk about um, good bull sales, the Carnarvon Classic topped at 40 twice. So the Carnarvon Classic bull sale had a line of drought masters for Central and North Queenslanders. And the average was up on last year. So five vendors, the Getty, the Getty family, um, Oasis Drought Masters Rockhampton, the York family, um, Kagara Drought Masters Emerald, the Barton family, the Donaldson family, and the Farquhar family all come together. Uh, the fall of the hammer, 67 of the 70 bulls were sold, resulting in a 96% clearance to average 11,626. It was a top of 40 twice by the Geddes family, um, uh, and that was a great result. Oasis had 24 bulls to average 12,000. They were very happy with that. The York family, um, they had nine bulls average $15,888. What a great result and what a great result consistently for the York family. Their 27-month-old son, um, he, he made big money as well um, uh, and they had a huge sale as well. To average, nine bulls, 15000 Huntley sold 17 bulls to average 13 uh, to a top of 10 to average Top of 13 to average 10. Medway sold uh, 10 bulls, a top of 15 to average 8,500. And uh, Calco sold seven bulls, topping at 16 to average 10. Uh, all bound for the Claremont region. That's a, a fantastic result. Elders were the selling agents there as well. What a great result uh, for everybody. Yarrawonga is on today. Um, and uh, obviously, that is an important part of it as well. So Yarrawonga is on today, so we'll keep you updated as the sales continue. This is Rural Queensland Today. We'll take a break, come back with more across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Well, the Toowoomba Rugby League A-grade final was held on last weekend and the Waddles were unbelievable. Allura Water Warriors um, were victorious over Gatton, 51 points to 20. The game was played at Clive Berghoffer Stadium in Toowoomba. Travis Byrne is their captain coach and he joins us this morning. Trav, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. 
Uh, what a win. Um, obviously, you know, Gatton being minor premiers um, and uh, just along with you guys, both of them, and it was a tough battle. Um, obviously, Gatton in a 12-team comp and along with Waddles uh, were the clear, clear-cut clear winners. But, gee whiz, it's a strong comp, the Toowoomba Rugby League competition, and, and to win the grand final for Allera is just awesome. Yeah, massive, mate. Obviously, like, you know, you know, coming back to my junior club, and we were, we were a small country club, you know, Alra Clifton, two little towns. Um, yeah, to win a grand final, you know, the boys haven't won one since 2015, so it was a long time in between drinks. But, yeah, massive for our club, and we also had our reserve grade in the grand final as well. So, you know, unfortunately, they didn't get the chocolates, but, yeah, it was a, it was a massive win for our A grade. How did you get that... Um I mean, the the Toowoomba comp is obviously very well known, and and we know, like you know, with Gundy and Dolby and Valleys and Warwick and Oakey, um, and obviously the Toowoomba teams as well. But for Allora being such a small community, you know, to have both sides in in the competition, it must have been a concerted effort, and 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 it's amazing when you came back to captain coach it how how it it does bring players and it strengthens the club. What was the what was the the secret to trying to get the club back to its strong days and its heydays again. Yeah, we had we had like a really good base of players. Like we had the Duggan boys, the the likes of Jackson Green, the Coiner boys. You know, come out from Toowoomba, you know, very good players. And we had a core base of players there. We just had to bring in you know the right players to fill fill a few more spots. You know, we always bring four or five players in from away. Um, and you know, we've got it right in the last few years. You know, the last. You know, first year back, we made a grand final and got beaten in 2018 and had a year off for COVID. And we've been building and we've been, um, everything went right for us this year. We were fully fit going into the grand final. We'd beaten Highfields and, and Gatton leading into the grand final and, um, you know, fully fit and we just had everything go our way. So it was, uh, and we put it together and we got the job done. It was great. Yeah, that is huge. And, and it's a hard thing. I mean, I understand that there is a, uh, um, the bush is dying. We all know that, unfortunately, and that's just a, a, an agro-political issue that we have no control of. But trying to get players to to stay there and play and keep rugby league because it's so good for the community. I mean, the Allera community would have been absolutely. I mean, that, that that's what that's what builds communities. Having uh, a football team where people can go and support on a Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, country footy. You know, it's um, yeah, it is it is tough. You know, to get players to come out the tournament. Former comp is so strong, and you know, you know, some of the bigger clubs, you know, got big money to spend on players. But you're just going to try and get the right players into your club, and you know, you're not going to get it right all the time. But in the last sort of three years, models have got it right, and um, it was a well-deserved win. I thought we were the informed team leading to the grand final. I probably wouldn't say that to anyone, but <laughs> except our playing group, but we were very confident. Um, we just knew that we had to put it together and complete our sets and go set for set because getting a very big side and a very good side, but we. Um, I think we completed 85% or something in that second half. And if you do that in this sort of competition, but not many teams will go with you. Mate, you've looked, you've played a lot of rugby league in your time, obviously, and, and you, you know the game very well. How do we how do we strengthen it in regional, regional Queensland in the bush? I mean, you know, I played football in the bush and you, you now all you see, you, you see obviously the NRL and, that, and that's obviously the pinnacle for everybody, but – not everybody can make it. Grassroots is where you get those players. And if you look at, like even last night, Kurt Capewell talking about just from Charleville and, and, and it's the, the upbringing there, but we need to be able to keep them alive because, unfortunately, rugby league is dying in the bush. How do you reckon we strengthen it? 
Oh, it's hard. You know, we, you know, I think with what the Clydesdales are doing in our area is good. You've got to have these young kids in this area, you know, something to strive to. Like when I come through the grades, I obviously come from Texas and then moved to um, moved to Alra. Uh, and then obviously I had to go down to Brisbane to sort of further further my footy career sure. before I went down to Sydney. But, you know, that Clydesdales thing that they've got going, you know, the Bulldogs got involved. Um, yep. I think that's you know, gives our young kids something to strive for. They don't got to... You know, as soon as they finish school, jump in the car and go to Brisbane or go to Sydney to, to, to play a higher level of football. I think I think you got to bring back rep football back at a young age. I think that sort of kills, you know, kills it off. I don't think you can play, you know, I remember when I played under 10s or something was the first year you could play rep footy, which was good. And, and coming from a country area, you, know, you went down and played those Brisbane teams and the, for the first few days of the carnival was, you, you know, you got to hide, but by the end of it, you improve your footy, and I think that's something that's got to be looked at, like rep football at a younger age. Yeah, you're right. I like the pathways in the Host Plus Cup, so and and the Canterbury are involved, and obviously Jason Alchin is there, and that and look, it's going to be a slow burn, but if you've got a pathway for kids to come through, and you know that they can play Host Plus, and not every player gets picked up, and I and I say this, you know, you're 18, not every player gets picked up when they're. When they're young, you're seeing more players have three, four, five years in the host plus, and then at 22 get get signed to a um, to an NRL club, and and obviously, the, you know their development goes a long way. And and look, it it's not everybody's right choice, but I can tell you, there's a lot of players that get, don't get seen when they're young, and and obviously mature as and as they develop. And I'm sure, and I say this in all seriousness, there's kids out there that if, if they'd had the right training from early on or the, had the opportunities, they'd mix it with the best of them anywhere. Yeah, 100%. I think coaching's a big one too. You know, getting higher level, higher, higher level coaches out in these country areas will help that as well because, you know, there's, you look at some of the superstars in our game in the NRL, a lot of them are, are country boys and, um, you know, got the opportunity or was got a bit of luck at the right time, someone seen them play, but... You know, I go to junior games and see some special, special kids around here with the right coaching. You know, there's no no reason why they can't play at a top level. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. Uh, what what to now? Unfortunately, with with football teams in the bush, it very happens very quickly. You can lose players. You know, they they hang their boots up at the end of a premiership. Um, do the waddles stay strong? Yeah, we do. We obviously got a core group of players there that um. That are going to stay on. The players we brought in are staying on. Obviously, there's a few of us older fellas that are hanging our boots up and going out yeah. winners, which is um, which is fantastic. But um, yeah, it's just you know, Waddles will go through a rebuilding stage at some time, like all clubs do. Um, I don't think that's going to happen in the next few years. I think we'll stay strong. But yeah, you just got to keep trying to trying to blood some of your young 19s players and, and bring the right blokes in from away from the area that's going to strengthen you. But yeah, it's just. You're not going to get right all the time, but um, you just got to, yeah, you just got to. You know, everyone likes a, a winning culture, and that's what we're trying to build at Waddles. Mate, I, and I don't know. Are you forty yet? No, thirty-eight. I am. Well, mate, it's time to retire. It is time yeah, to done. hang up. Yeah, it's time to hang the boots up. You had a fair career, um, mate. Just a quick tip on the prelims quickly over the weekend. Who do the Cowboys win tomorrow night on Friday oh, night? Mate, they're, yeah, they're playing really good footy. Obviously, they're going to be hard to beat at home. I really like watching. The way the Cowboys play, you know, the, the way they play with their energy, and young Tommy did, and awesome, he's yeah. going enormous, mate. Very good. So, um, yeah, they're they're both they're both flip of the coin games. Obviously, um, Parramatta bounce back and they're playing well. Um, so 
probably probably Cowboys at home, maybe lean towards them slightly. The South and the Penrith game, you know, I love mm. watching Latrell Mitchell play. If, if Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell can turn it on, like yeah, I'm with you. They can probably they can probably cause an upset, and obviously Penrith are the premier team of the competition, so it'd be hard to tip against them, but. That one will be a lot closer than I think people think. Yeah, I agree with you. Appreciate your time. Congrats on the premiership, and we'll talk to you again shortly. Captain Coach Cheers, of the Allerup Water Warriors, uh, Travis Burns. Appreciate your time. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Uh, 6,500 head at Roma store and prime sale yesterday. Cyril Close, Topex uh, Roma and Topex Australia joins us this morning. Cyril, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, mate. Wet Wednesday morning. Wet Wednesday morning. Raining here for the last couple of hours. Yeah, and what heavy, mate? Just nice set in stuff, mate. Nice set in, not super heavy, but um, a pretty big band from Charleville through to Delacca at the current time. Unreal, unbelievable. Who would have thought? Uh, it's just a, it's quite an amazing time um, and period in, in, in our landscape, mate. Um, Firstly, to all the vendors that supported yesterday, congratulations, because obviously the, uh, half the selling fees of the 6500 will be donated to LifeLight. So I want to thank the vendors um, and the agents um, for going forth and doing that. That, that, that. That's a huge commitment, and obviously this is an initiative out of Roma. And so firstly, congratulations to everybody. And, and when I get that figure, I will be announcing that for LifeLight, such an important charity. But big market and big yarding, how was the job? Yeah, very buoyant. Ben, it was a uh, very strong day, very uh, quite a good yarding of cattle um, and uh, nice lines of cattle there. That's one thing of this Rome, as we always say, the more you put here, the better it goes. And uh, that was uh, paramount again yesterday. Uh, not, all lines of all categories of cattle were dearer, sold to a dearer trend uh, across um, yeah, every section. So can we talk about like that heavy feeder? How was that job? Yeah, snuck out over five dollars on your heavy feeders, and wow. uh, and then the light feeders were well up towards six and a bit over six dollars. Um, so no, very stout there. Background of um, people buying, and also feedlots, uh, a few feedlotters that uh, we haven't seen in the marketplace for a while. We're obviously filling a few gaps from wet 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 roads and the likes, mate. But you can there was that element in that sale yesterday. Um, so yeah, and weaner steers back up over two thousand dollars for your for your weaner steers. Um, wow! Just yeah, going back to the paddock um, or on the you know oats crops or whatever to grow up. Very strong. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? Um, you know, uh, it, it, this job is obviously you know, and no one would have saw a couple of weeks ago. We it, it wasn't in any way crashing, but it was. It was just a little bit softer, but what has been off the back? Is it the yarding? Is it the quality? Or is it just that people now have – it's starting to warm up and there is grass coming? Yeah, that's it, I reckon, mate. It's warming up. The grass is starting to grow. The buffalo, you know, we've had about five days of this rain a bit uh, of sunshine and quite warm days in the late 20s, early 30s, and you can already see the difference in the grass. I mean, there's plenty of herbage around that's already there, and the buffalo's actually coming in behind it and uh, going up over the top of it now. So, um, yeah. We're, we're heading into a you know springtime. Everything changes a little bit, and um, it's all looking pretty rosy this year for the season, for the season side of it, mate. For sure. Oh well, that, and and that's um and that's a unbelievable situation as well, isn't it? You know, like that that this market is so strong, mate. When you talk about little heifers, how was that job? Yeah, look, it's stronger too. You know, it's rallied up to um, well into the five dollar bracket there, and. Um, you know, we you know only three weeks ago we were they were they were pretty viable, so there's still a still an opportunity there. 
to uh, get in amongst those and, and with a trade, but a uh, bit, bit more competition, a bit of southern competition into that heifer market, which we haven't seen over a few weeks. Um, but they were, there were a few fellows up from the south. Um, yeah, through the heavy heifers and feeder heifers all, all, all sold to a stronger market. Yeah, and, and that's the good thing as well, isn't it? Like um, this job is, is flying and uh, it's something for everybody, obviously, at the moment and, and something that – we all all want to see continue, mate. Bullsar wise, it's just been record after record, um, and it, it, quite unbelievable what's gone on so far this year um, in in the seed stock industry. I've never seen anything like it. it, it you break a record one day, it gets broken the next. Yeah, well, um, yeah, well, it's just the only word, mate. Like it's um, outstanding. You know, where you used to buy ten thousand dollar paddock bulls, they became twenty thousand last year, and now they seem to be twenty five, thirty thousand. And um, you know, we are getting paid reasonably well for the cattle, but no, it's um, you know, on the seed stock side of it, it's roaring from one 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 event to the next one, really. Um, plenty on. Yeah, one grown today with um, Andrew and Fiona sale down there. I'll go down there to sell down there today, and we had a look through the bulls yesterday, and. Yeah, we'll see a few cages rattle again today, I'd imagine. The Sanders have been the real surprise packet, and and I say that with the deepest respect, but they have absolutely eclipsed what a lot of people, you know, normally the traditional, your Angus, and, 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 you, and you see that, and the Charolais, we, we, we saw what Mongool did, and obviously Palgrove earlier, and, and and also, you know, some of the, the, the Angus bulls and some of their sales. But the Sanders, to me, have just absolutely eclipsed any, and, and always been wonderful cattle, but just been phenomenal um, this year. Yeah, mate, it is. I mean, we get paid on weight, I suppose, don't we? That's what we get paid per kilo. So you want to buy some cattle that are um, from any category they want to be putting weight on. So um, the tried and proven ones are coming to the front. So, yeah, Charolais, Angus, Sanders, mate, they all do that job. So, mate, sale-wise, uh, what what is Topex and yourselves? What, what you got? Obviously, you had the Angus sale last Friday. And uh, what, what, what small sales have you got in the coming weeks? Uh, next week we'll have Rangelands and an Augustella there, which are uh, paddock paddock red Angus uh, composite bulls. And then uh, Friday next week we have a new sale to the um, Santa World, which is Magona, Daniel and Casey Phillips are having an invitational sale, and they've got another vendor in there. There's uh, Murray Smith and Suzanne from uh, down at Wee War. They've got a um, run of bulls coming up. So it's only a smaller sale, 35 Santa bulls, mate. It's next Friday. Uh, and then uh, we have uh, Warren Point and, and Waco to go both out at Mitchell uh, in, in October. Yeah, huge, huge, unbelievable. Um, just so everybody uh, knows, the, the and, and it is quite unbelievable, um, $44,000 raised over for Life Flight um, yesterday, and that is through the vendors and obviously – uh, the agents and obviously the Maranoa Regional Council all coming together, obviously, to put this together where the selling fees, that is just a huge, huge result for LifeLight. Um, and uh, obviously, Kate Scott, who is the uh, LifeLight Maranoa Regional Advisory Committee chairperson, obviously, um, extremely proud and, and what a worthwhile day for a big yarding. Unbelievable. Uh, 6,302 head raised over $44,000 for LifeLight. It doesn't get any better than that. Cyril, uh, mate, thank you so much for being with us this morning. We'll catch up again shortly. Yeah, my pleasure, mate. Thanks again. Good on you. Rural Queensland today. That's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today. Ray Hadley, well, Mark Levy filling in for Ray Hadley this morning is up next. Have a great day, Queensland. We're back tomorrow morning from nine. Remember, when the wheat is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. We'll talk to you again tomorrow from all the team here at Rural Queensland today and the Resonate Broadcast Network. It's bye for now.